Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Hi there, Christy Lee here. Welcome to episode number 124 of the People Powered Business Podcast. So excited to be here with you today and to um, hold some space for this discussion because it has been a topic that I've been getting asked about a lot uh, with our members of People Powered HR as well as with my consulting clients. I've been getting a lot of inquiries in my consulting business about this. So whilst this wasn't the topic I had scheduled to chat to you about on the podcast, I wanted to bring you an episode today where we would unpack what we need to consider and think about and be aware of if we are going to engage a recruiter to assist us with hiring our new person or the next position in our business. So today we're going to be chatting about what recruiters do, what sort of recruiters are out there, when it is a good time to engage them. And also, to be honest, a really frank discussion about some of the pitfalls that you need to be aware of and some of the areas you want to be cautious about if you are going to engage a recruiter. Now, in full disclosure and complete transparency, yes, I was once a recruiter. So I guess I want to share this with you firsthand from someone who's been in the biz and has seen the good, bad and ugly of using recruiters when it can go well and when it can go wrong. And I guess take you behind the scenes, a bit of a warts and all about what it's like inside a recruitment business. So by context and a way of background for those that perhaps are newer to the podcast or haven't heard me talk about my background previously, when I was young, in my early, very early 20s, maybe 20 or 21, I had zero intention of getting into a recruitment job. Like many of us, you know what it's like in your early career. You tend to fall into things without necessarily, necessarily, I should say, deliberate intent or strategy. And I was no different to many of you. So I was completing my uni degree. I just completed a degree in forensic psychology. So you can see there was no intent here to end up in recruitment. Um, And I had decided that I would travel overseas like many of us want to do at that age. And I was just finishing up my fourth year, which was quite a full-on postgraduate year of uni. And I had been working full-time in an office doing throughout that year, so getting my office experience up. And as was common practice at this time, we're talking late 90s, I registered with some recruitment agencies to help me find some work for what I planned to be a six to 12 month period before I took off overseas. That was the plan anyway. And so I registered with a number of agencies. I got to know some consultants. They helped me find some temporary work. Um, Some put me forward for some great roles, some some terrible roles, but I was working with some recruiters and I was, I guess, personally getting a sense of what it was like. And I can tell you, I had some great experiences And from the candidate perspective, some really, really horrendous 
experiences. You know, the kind that make you want to leave a room and just almost burst into tears because the person has been so awful to you. And when you're young, you know, perhaps the the skin wasn't as thick as it is now and all those other things, but I've got some pretty horrendous experiences along the way. And a little time down the track, I decided I wasn't heading overseas and was going to start looking for my first, I guess, career job. And I wasn't sure what that was going to look like. I had a psych degree under my belt. And one of the recruiters I met with said, why don't you come and work here? You have the skills. Psych is a great background. You can read people. Um, and we really need someone that's, you know, got your office kind of skills. And I did pride myself on being pretty fast paced and really thriving in those environments. And I thought, you know, why not? Again, not thinking this is going to be long term. It would just give me some more experience whilst I figured out next steps. And as they say, the rest is history. <laughs> so I joined a recruitment business when I was, I think I might have been 21 um, and learnt the ropes. And it was a tough time to be a recruiter in the late 90s, early 2000s in Sydney. It was the time of the Sydney Olympics. Similarly to the environment that we're in now, there wasn't enough candidates in the market for the number of jobs that were out there. So businesses were finding it really tough to find people. And as a recruiter, it's partly the recruiter's job to develop really solid relationships with the good people in the marketplace so that they have the best chance to secure them for their clients, you, the business owners and the managers. And I was fortunate enough to have an amazing mentor in that business, someone who really took me under her wing. It was her own business, so she um, was certainly very invested in the quality of the work we were doing, uh, the service that we were providing, but she was also a great mentor in helping me as a young recruiter understand the industry, understand how other players were playing the game, which ones were allies and which ones were not what to watch out for with clients telling us they're dealing with certain other players. And, you know, it was an absolute eye-opener. Some years down the track, I had left that company and the first business that I started myself was a recruitment agency (laughs) because I was living in a geographical area where the service being provided by the very few recruiters in the market was dismal at best. And I just saw the opportunity and seized it. And it was a very, very successful business by all the measures. It wasn't long, of course, before my yearning to do more than just that came to the forefront and our business changed significantly. But the conversation I'm bringing you today about recruiters and the ins and outs and the pitfalls I just want to share with you comes from a place of direct experience in several markets. And so I guess I'm really pulling back the curtain for you today and telling you what it's really like. And part of the reason that I thought today was the time to have this discussion is, as I mentioned, our members of People Powered HR are considering using recruiters. They're bringing me that, you know, question, should should I, shouldn't I? What do I need to watch out for? What questions should I be asking? And we're getting a lot of inquiries. And of course, I don't have a recruitment business anymore. And so I look at who I can refer to because I will only refer to people that I trust explicitly to do the job well. So today I just want to bring you a discussion about what it is that you should be considering if you are thinking about engaging a recruiter to help you fill a position in your business. And more people than ever are considering it right now because the market is so difficult. You know, several years ago, depending on where you're located and what the market's like, popping an ad on Seek, you'd get just as good a response as any recruiter was going to bring you. And so 
why not do it yourself? But right now, when there's no applicants out there, business owners and managers are looking for some alternatives. How else can I find people? And many recruiters bring to them the promise that I can find you the ideal person. So let's talk about how exactly they can do that when you can't and when you should use them. So I've broken our discussion down today into a few areas. One is let's unpack the fact that like any profession, recruiters come in all shapes, all sizes, all different models. There are good and there are bad and there is everything in between. So this is not a one size fits all industry by any stretch. I want to share with you the options in terms of how different recruiters work and you know what the pros and cons of those various approaches are. And of course, I want to give you some tips about what to be asking, what to be considering, the things to think about if you are really considering engaging this service provider. At the outset, I'm going to say recruitment agencies, particularly the traditional model, which I'm going to talk about in a moment, are not cheap. Finding good people through them costs a lot of money. Now, if that is your only way to find good people, I'm by all means not saying that you should not use a recruiter. But this is a go in eyes wide open. This is an investment in your business. And like in in any investment, you're going to want to get it right and at least be as well informed as you possibly can in the process. So let's talk about the fact that like any industry, it's a profession where there's the good, the bad, the ethical, the unethical, the shammers, the good guys who want to do right by everyone. There really is all different shapes and sizes. And I think it's important to share with you that in order to become a recruiter, you don't need any specific skill, any specific experience or any background in HR, people management, or anything to do with staffing or onboarding. Recruitment in its agency sense is effectively a sales job, and so anyone that is a good salesperson will likely to be able to score a job with a recruitment agency. And I think it's important to know that because I think that is a misunderstood fact, and a lot of business owners think that recruiters come from a HR background or are HR professionals, and the vast majority are simply not. It's not in their wheelhouse. It's not their background. They are salespeople who sometimes have a gift for things. Now, in some cases, you will find a recruiter who is an industry expert, who has been has become a recruiter in their particular area of expertise. And, and I've seen many, many recruiters come from this industry professional background. And of course, if you are a specialist industry, finding a recruiter that knows what you do and gets what you do can be really important. So although they may not have people management or HR background, they have a background in, let's say, engineering or building and construction or HR or legal And that brings a level of expertise that makes them skilled and qualified to recruit in that space. But fundamentally, the recruiter's job is to sell. And to be fair, they have the hardest product on their hands to sell because their product is people. And people change their mind and sometimes don't tell the truth and are a moving dynamic, which is really tricky. Think of a recruiter just like any other salesperson you deal with who is the middleman in a transaction, a car salesperson, a real estate agent, 
anywhere else where there's a middleman, a recruiter's role is not dissimilar. They have a gap to fill, like your need for a car is the same as your need for a new employee. They have a range of products on offer. Instead of cars, they've got a range of candidates or applicants or staff on their database. And their job is to find the best match for your needs based on what they have available and to sell that into you as the best solution for your particular circumstance. That is their job. The other key thing that I want to point out here is that most recruiters in a traditional agency setting are paid commission. They are paid majority commission. Yes, they may earn a base salary, but the money that they generate in terms of their total remuneration and and the package that they have available to them is largely commission driven. And like any commission role, unless the sale gets done, they don't earn the money. So they have a vested interest in getting the sale, the placement of the candidate into your business across the line. And unfortunately, when it comes to the unethical players, that means by any means possible. And we need to walk into that eyes wide open. So let's talk about the different models that you might come across when you look to engage a recruiter. So when you go to a traditional recruitment agency, this is most of the private agencies out there, they will charge you a percentage of the annual salary as the placement fee or the commission structure. The recruiter will get then get a percentage of that as their commission. Now, these percentages can range significantly depending on the market you're in, the location you're in, but I have seen I've recently seen 17% plus. Now just think about the salaries you're offering and what 17% of that looks like. But I've also seen percentages much lower around the 10% range as well. But uh, in this market, they tend to be higher, to be fair. And that's the traditional model. That's the way things have always been done. Now, I'm not saying because that's the way things have always been done, that is the only or best way to do it, but that is the traditional industry approach. In these types of recruitment agencies, they hold a database of applicants. So people register to say they're looking for work and they retain their details on a database. So when you go to them and say, I have a need for this person, their first port of call is to search that database to see if they have someone suitable for you. They will also go to the market and advertise on your behalf. Uh, They will also reach out through their connections, through LinkedIn and all the socials, but they fundamentally have a database that they work off. Other models that you might see, uh, instead of a percentage of the salary as the fee, you might see a flat fee structure like $5,000 or $10,000 for the placement. Same situation. Generally, those guys have a database of applicants, they have a network of contacts, and they will tap into those as well as traditional advertising methods when they have a vacancy to fill on your behalf. Those two are the main models that you'll see. Of course, this is when we're talking about permanent full-time or part-time placements, but the other side of that is if you're looking for short-term labour hire, so someone to work for a week or for a project or for a couple of days, and they are temp labour hire recruitment agencies or temp agencies. They will charge an hourly rate, and of course, that is a significant amount more than what they're actually paying the applicant, and that's how they make their money. So again, not a surprising model. You will also find some alternatives in the market though. There are some alternatives where they are online businesses that help you kind of run the campaign, but there's no actual real consultant involved. can definitely be an interesting prospect. 
There are businesses like my consultancy practice that consider recruitment just one task that falls within the broader human resources consulting services. And businesses like us will charge you by the hour for the work that we do, just like any other type of consulting work that we do. Now, you know, there's no right or wrong. We don't keep a database of applicants. We would be going to the market on your behalf, but it is an alternative that is available to the traditional recruitment model. When you're looking at those traditional recruiters, you're looking at why them over their competitors, because there are a lot, a lot of them out there. If you're in a major city, you will know. If you advertise a role, you often get inundated with recruiters trying to tell you that they can solve your problem. So are you looking at something that is location specific? You know, if you have a role that is very specific to a specific location, that's a lot of specifics in one sentence, isn't it? Um, Then a recruiter that knows that area and that has a pool of candidates that are very niche in that area, great, that might be a good option. Or as I shared earlier, sometimes you're looking at industry specific recruiters, like recruiters that specialize in engineering, design and construction, um, trade services. There's niche recruiters out there for those industries as well. And then there's the more generalists that do a bit of everything. So there are different models, and that's important to know from the outset in terms of the terms that you're engaging them on. So no matter what type of recruiter you're considering, what are the things you really want to think about and be aware of before you go down this path? And really, can I encourage you, think about these things and investigate these things before you sign anything before you sign anything, because getting out of those contracts is not always easy. So the first thing to look at is, do you actually need to use a recruiter? Or is there benefit in using a recruiter? Because if the recruiter is simply going to advertise to seek candidates, you could do that yourself. So is there benefit in doing that? i.e. that they can write better ad copy than you, that they have more time to screen applicants that you simply don't have on your hands right now, that they know how to screen and get to the top people in a quick and efficient way. And they're definitely some of the things a good recruiter is able to do. So you really have got to think about why is it that engaging a recruiter is right for you and right for this role at this time. And once you're clear about that, choosing a recruiter becomes a whole lot easier as well. So if you are needing someone really urgently in a particular niche, one of the things you want to be talking to recruiters about is what their database looks like. How big is it? How often are they in contact with these people? How many of these kind of people do they know are actively looking for work right now? If they can't answer those questions, I would have question marks about that recruiter. Absolutely, before you sign anything, read the terms and conditions of their engagement and all the fine print with a fine tooth comb. Look out for, are you signing up to use them exclusively? If you are, what happens if the perfect applicant happens to walk through your door via a referral tomorrow? Are you going to be stung with a fee for them not doing anything? And yes, that is something that actually happens. So be looking for that. What will they do if the person doesn't work out? Like three weeks in or two months in, they're terrible. They're not doing the job. What is their policy around that? The most traditional policy is that they will give you a credit to use with them. But if it took them six months to find this person, do you really want a credit? Possibly not. What are they actually doing for the fee that they're charging? And I mean really, because 
and I'm going to give you a really good example of this. You would assume if you're engaging a recruiter and paying them a lot of money, often upwards of $10,000, I would want to know exactly what they are doing for that. And most people just make the expectation that, well, if they're recruiting, they're doing the recruiting things. They're going to interview them. They're going to reference check them. They're going to make sure they're right for this position. And yes, they should be doing all of those things. But I can tell you now, there's a lot of recruiters out there not doing any of those things. Not all that long ago, I had a client referred to me who had this very situation on their hands. They had engaged a recruiter. They were short on time. It was a specialist role. The recruiter was a specialist in that industry. They, in fact, had dealings with this recruiter before, so there was a good track record there. The recruiter placed someone who on paper looked to be a good fit. It became abundantly clear within the first month they were not a good fit, that they were not up to the skills of the job, that they were not producing the outputs that the role needed at the salary it was being paid. In fact, that they were really you know, losing clients as a result, so quite severe. And when they went back to the recruiter, they discovered that they would get partially a credit and it's not what they wanted. The recruiter had not done any reference checks. The recruiter, in fact, hadn't actually, I don't think, interviewed this person face-to-face. I think they might have talked to them in some capacity. Had really made no conscious effort to do any background checking, which would have uncovered the fact that this person had had similar challenges in previous positions. But because there wasn't any explicit arrangement about what was going to take place for the fee being charged, that business had nothing to go back to and nothing to fall back on. And they were out of pocket significantly and, of course, didn't trust that recruiter to go and find someone else for them. So that credit, I imagine, has gone to waste. So get really specific about what's getting done for this fee and what you expect done for that fee and project manage it. If you're meant to be getting references checked, ask for the transcripts, ask for who conducted them, talk to that person, get the feel for what's actually happened, get questions of your own loaded into those reference checks. Ask for interview notes, ask for their impression at interview or whatever it is that's important to you. Project manage this thing. If you're unsure what recruiter to use, then absolutely ask them for someone they can contact, you could contact as a reference to get some feedback. Ask around your local uh, connections or your industry connections to see who's used what recruiters in the past and what their experiences have been like. There is nothing better than word of mouth to tell you whether this recruiter is going to look after you. So really get your advice. I think it's also important to understand how the recruiter themselves is being remunerated. If they are on a commission only or a hefty commission payment, then I want to understand that up front because I know their motives are going to be to fill the job fast, which may not be in my best interests. So really thinking about the best option for you. And the other thing to check is, is this a private recruitment agency you're dealing with or someone that is government funded? And I thought I'd throw that in really at the end here because there are a number of what we call job network agencies funded by the government and their remit is very different. Their remit is to get people who are unemployed into jobs and they are incentivized to do that. And they can offer you as the business owner many incentives as well. But understand anyone they put forward 
is on unemployment benefits and possibly has been out of work or has some challenges that you're going to want to be aware of. But those services are free. I I treat them very differently to a recruitment service, but I want it to flag it in case you were thinking, is that the same thing? You know, because it is a little bit confusing. But your job networks, your government funded, very different to a professional private recruiter. So to recap uh, our recruiter discussion today, Like any profession, recruiters come in all shapes and sizes. There is the good, the bad, and the ugly. There are the amazing professionals, of which there are very many, who really want to do the best by the businesses that they are engaged to work for and also the candidates that they represent um, because they, they see that as a really important aspect of their reputation. And those recruiters are excellent. And, yes, they are out there. However, conversely, There are plenty of bad eggs in the bunch as well, unfortunately. Understand the options that you've got when you're dealing with a recruiter in terms of what you're paying, how the payment's being calculated, um, what you're getting for that amount, and really what your options are if things don't work out. And just consider all those things you need to think about before you sign on the dotted line and commit to anything. I would not be signing anything that that, that gave that recruiter an exclusive remit on that role. Not in this market, not in a million years. So think about all of those things when you're looking to engage a recruiter. There are definitely times when a recruiter is going to be super beneficial to helping you fill a role. If you're in a tight niche, if you're in an area where candidates are short and recruiters have great relationships with anyone that is in the market, where you're in a converse market where there's just so many applicants and you're time poor and the recruiter can help you sort through that. But just think about your intention of going to a recruiter, why it's important for you for this role, and that's going to help navigate your decision-making about what recruiter's right for you and what's not. So that is a very brief pulling back of the curtains. I could go so much deeper. I could give you some doozy stories of the, the things I've seen working in that space, but that might be for another episode. But if you are thinking, oh, maybe, maybe not on the recruiter front and you want to bounce it off other business owners and leaders and managers who are all running businesses just like you, I'd love to invite you to join us in our Facebook group, HR Support for Australian Businesses. If you search that in Facebook groups, you will find us, but I will put a link in today's show notes, which you can grab wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Just click on that and come and join us. And share your experience, ask your questions. We would love to hear from you. And that is a really supportive group. Um, Just last week, actually, someone posted looking for support from that group and they got really great advice from the other members. So it's a super great group to be a part of. So come over and join us. I hope that discussion about recruiters has helped to sort of open your eyes about what the options are that are available, what to think about and how the industry actually works. Thanks so much for joining me today on the People Powered Business Podcast, and I look forward to joining you again next week for our brand new episode. Take care.